Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm Neil Manthorpe and I'll be joined by former England bowler Steve Harmison and current New Zealand all-rounder Frankie Mackay to look back at day one of uh, the second test between New Zealand and England with England closing on 315 for three after a 294-run partnership unbroken between Harry Brook and Joe Root spared England's blushes uh, following a tough start in which they were reduced to 21 for three. Over the course of the show, we'll hear exclusively from England batter Harry Brook and we'll also discuss what went wrong for the hosts. We'll look ahead to day two, which starts 30 minutes earlier because of the rain which curtailed day one. So plenty to come on the show. You're listening to the following on podcast. Let's rewind to the beginning of the day. Um, Three early wickets for New Zealand. Zach Crawley, Ben Duckett and Ollie Pope going for 2, 9 and 10. A couple of wickets for Matt Henry back into the team. Tim Southey also removing Ben Duckett for 9, courtesy of a couple of brilliant catches at third slip by Michael Bracewell. And England were 21 for 3. We've spoken a lot about Harry Brook, um, understandably, because he will be the headline grabber for sure. But, But Joe Root walked out, not wearing his Captain Marvel cloak, but his Captain Sensible hat. Um, and because, you know, Jake Oram said on commentary with us that that was New Zealand's chance. That was their opening. Joe Root had faced one ball. And if England had been 40 for four, we're looking at a different test match. Well, possibly not with this England. But, you know, that was, in, that was New Zealand's moment, Frankie. Completely was. Completely agree. And, and that's the time of the game where they've looked the most dangerous. They, they knew they had to make early inroads. They went in a bowler light. Uh, compared to what they normally play with. So, yeah, that was uh, a huge moment of the game and I, I think was well and truly worth the shout of, of going for a review, try and have a look at that early on. I think that they maybe showed their nerve and maybe showed that uh, things weren't quite all going as planned, I think, with the early one uh, to go with for Duckett. I, I think having a, a punt at that one early, uh, uh, it was 
perhaps showed a little bit of desperation around the desire to take early wickets, but I think the decision to review the, the Joe Root potential LBW was, was huge and was a, a chance, and you just think those fine margins and, and how much different this day could have been had that either been given out on, on field or a couple of inches uh, more towards the middle stump. Yeah, you never know. So, yeah, but other than that, that's probably the only little little in that Joe Root gave all day. It was fantastic the way he just piled on the runs. It just combined so effortlessly as well with Harry Brook. And I don't think it can be understated as well how, how much it means to a Harry Brook, a young fella at the start of his career, just to have a guy who's got over 10,000 test match runs standing down the other end, telling you you're doing a good job, forming a partnership, keeping him keeping him going, keeping him focused. I just think it was it was brilliant to watch. And when you talk about what partnership batting is, it's it's what those two did today. They ran hard. They were able to turn the strike over. They punished anything loose. And by the end of it, on a on a green seamer, the uh, New Zealand bowlers looked uh, a little dispirited and, and they'll be scratching their heads around how they've got to come back tomorrow and, and do a better job of it. Punishing anything loose. And Harry Brook was punishing some stuff that wasn't all that loose. As much as England pride themselves about their ability to think on their feet, and they do, and they are adaptable, and they've got plans B, C, D, and E. Um, they did have a couple of plans today, it seemed to me, to target Neil Wagner, who's 17 overs again went for 101. Amazingly, that's a lot, almost twice as tidy as he, those figures were last week. Um, and, and also, um, the decision to use Daryl Mitchell as a fourth seamer, England clearly targeted him, and his nine overs cost 61. And they know that, you know, if they're going to try and carry a fourth seamer, and, he, and you you're going to make life very difficult for the front three if you target the fourth seamer. Well, the, for me, the conundrum at the start was Wagner's place in the side. I think the right decision was made by New Zealand to go with the one less bowler. England don't bat 120 overs anymore. They don't. At their scoring rate, they don't. If they bat 120 overs, they're going to get 650. It's just the way these guys play. So, for me, you don't need that extra bowler. But your three seamers have got to be one durable and three, two reliable. And Wagner might be durable, but at the minute he's not reliable. 44 overs, he bowled one maiden in his whole series so far. So with them targeting Wagner the way they did, put Mitchell under pressure. Mitchell's first spell was fine. Not a problem. Bowled it nicely. England were you know, just trying to rebuild. But his second and third spell, anything short, Joe Lake cut it for four down here. And anything full, Harry Brook put it onto the grass bank over there because they knew the pressure was... Back on, it was back on Tim Southey. Southey's thinking, I don't really want to bowl myself again because in the grand scheme of things, if one of these, we break a partnership, one of these makes a mistake, somebody has got to then, you know, get themselves going and get themselves ready to go again to try and go bang, bang, bang. Henry was your man, so you're keeping an eye on his workload. You're keeping an eye on Southey looked as though he's bowled 17 overs and he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders. And Wagner's got no idea at this minute in time where the ball's going. And I know what that's like because I've had that many, many times in my career. But I always had a backup of the all-rounder that's in the team. So for me, I'd question Wagner's place and selection. Was it the right one? Because Tinkner bowled one side of the wicket in Mount Monganui. Whether it sends him in to keep picking Neil Wagner, I'm not so sure. But I think I th it wasn't so much them not picking the extra bowler. For me, it was picking a bowler who you couldn't trust, and I think that's what's cost New Zealand trying to pull England back when they had the ascendancy at that, that early point. Frankie, what about Michael Bracewell? Um, primarily a batsman in the side at number eight. I know that people are saying that they like the look of this uh, New Zealand team, that it looks well-balanced, but 
Um, his actual his seven overs of off spin are pretty tidy in the context of you know first over test match. There's not going to be very much spin there. Um, seven overs for for 33. But um, you know if New Zealand really wanted to win the test match and and square the series, I, I just I'm still not convinced about going with the extra batsman. Yeah, I, I think there's. There's definitely lots of discussion points around it. Is it possibly that the New Zealand side were thinking slightly negatively about the match? P- perhaps, because I'm not necessarily sure the first test at Mount Maunganui, yes, the, the batters, they, they didn't bat well. They're, they're not going to sit in any team meeting and, and try and fudge that they did. But it was actually the bowling that was the aspect that really got them behind the game. It was the ability to... Well, they, they just lacked any control, really. They couldn't slow the scoring. They couldn't take wickets. They couldn't, I mean, as Jaime was saying, couldn't even bowl one side of the wicket at times. So it, it was an interesting call to, to suggest that, yeah, it didn't win the first test, didn't play as we want, so it's the batting that needed strengthened. Almost felt like on the back of it, it was uh, we batted badly in one innings. We got blown off the park there, so we're going to try and strengthen that because that's what let us down. And and I'm not quite certain it is. And, and because of the the role they're asking Michael Bracewell to play, it's it's a really intriguing one. He's batting eight, so you'd say he's been picked to bowl. But then I think the record here in the last five or six tests is 14 wickets to spin at an average of 55 and 120-odd wickets at an average of 30 to, to seam. So it almost became that we've we've tried to go a bob each way. We've tried to have less bowling options but more part-time bowling options while having as much batting as possible. But we want to bowl first and need to win the test to stay in the series it's it's a little bit all over the show so I'm, I'm not sure it was the right selection I'm not sure they've they've got the thinking quite right on this one but unfortunately again that, that New Zealand side they've just been put to the sword so the biggest thing is you can't change your team now that's that's what they've got for the next four days but they need to try and find a way to try and change what's happening in this match and at the moment I think we've seen plans a b and c and what probably worries me is I'm not I'm not sure how many more plans there are. I think it looked as though they were a little bereft of ideas. That the fact that they've come come out and bowled first on a green seamer and haven't had a short leg in place, especially to someone like a, a Zach Crawley who plays with hard hands, he is out of nick. You just felt you've taken the aggressive option perhaps by bowling first. You want to get ahead of the game. Haven't necessarily backed that up with with the field settings, with the way you've gone about it, and and with the way they've played both. Mitchell and Wagner and Bracewell to a lesser extent as well. It means that Henry and Southey looked like the only genuine wicket takers. They've had to shoulder a, a good chunk of the workload today and, and you think as well coming into tomorrow it's going to be a big bowling day again for them um, unless weather intervenes. Otherwise oh, I think New Zealand are staring down the barrel of, of another tough slog tomorrow. Harmi, as always with uh, a massive partnership uh, as we've seen today and 200s and, and Harry Brook batting in this mesmerising way that he has, it does take uh, the attention off just about everything else. Zach Crawley, Ben Duckett and Ollie Pope. And the, the, the persistence with, with Crawley um, continues. Um, he's, he's, you know, he's, had a, he's got 100 in Pakistan, but otherwise he's had uh, a thin winter. Yeah, the, I'm not sure how long that 100 in, in Pakistan is going to um, keep the wolf on the door. Um, mentioned on commentary a few times that our number number five has scored 800s in this McCullum Stokes era. Um, Brooke and Bairstow, and Bairstow's got to come in somewhere. I think the wolf from the door was always kept at bear from Crawley's point of view in previous times, was because the simple simple fact was there was nobody to answer the door. There was nobody there. There was nobody for England to pick, as such. And that was a long way 
keeping Zach Crawley in the team. I'm not so sure that's a fact now. I think there's a queue a mile long to get into this England test team now because of the way they play. Um, and the way they are playing, it's not too dissimilar to the way the 50 overside players or the, nearly the 2020 side players. So when you look at it, our, our sort of option in that is Johnny Bairstow. Can Johnny Bairstow open a baton? If you had, if I had, honestly, man, as we've done the Critic Collective for two years, and when that was mentioned two years ago, I was not in the wall. I was like, no chance. Don't be so stupid. But now, look, anything's possible with this lot. They're just raising the bar and taking it to a whole new way. So now there's somebody there. Zach Crawley looked horribly out of Nick and said it during the summer for the for the good of Zach, more than anything, the person. Just protect him. Take him out and put him back in. Everything they're saying about him, his ability, his ceiling level, I'm 100% behind. Totally agree. But unfortunately, you have to look after the player's mental side of it. And what he's got at the minute, he's got a little bit of a he's got a little bit of an issue that he is getting out for too many low scores and something has to be done. Right, the man of the moment is Harry Brook. He's 184 not out and he's downstairs with Sam Ellard. Main man is with me, Harry. Um, that was pretty special to watch. What was it like for you about there in the middle? I <laughs> know, yeah, it was good fun. Yeah, it was good fun. <laughs> I haven't got many more <laughs> words for you, to be honest. It was, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Let's go back then to the beginning of the day. Um, a lot of green on the wicket. Both sides obviously wanted to have a bowl first. What was it like early on out there? Obviously, New Zealand picked up three early wickets. Was that first hour always going to be the most challenging hour of the game? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, th- I think... We just tried our best to try and put them off the lengths, and it, obviously it worked today. Um, another day it could have gone either way, really, but no, it, I think throughout the day it did, it did just enough. Um, obviously, I've had a cracking day, and everybody's going to be like, why, why are you saying that? You've smashed it. But no, I think there's still enough in the w- wicket there for us to, to be able to bowl them out twice for definite. And what was your mindset going in then, a three down? Same as usual, just be positive and, and look to put pressure on the bowler. And when you are three down and struggling, I guess there's probably not many better people in world cricket to have at the other end as your, your Yorkshire teammate, Joe Root. Yeah, he's a phenomenal player and it's just another 100 is ticked off there. And I'm sure there's going to be plenty more to come. Um, I spoke to you in Hamilton, Harry. By the way, you've become the first batsman in nine test innings to go past 800 runs in test cricket. I mean, the, your numbers are incredible. You're smashing records. I spoke to you in Hamilton in the warm-up game and you still said there's elements of your game you want to improve on. Do you still think like that? Yeah, absolutely. I'm no finished article. Uh, obviously, I'm batting really well at the minute, but it's not going to last forever. Um, you enjoy these good times, but there's always hard times just around the corner. So, um, yeah, I'm still going to keep on working at my game as hard as I, as I can do, and I have done in the last 10 years. So, um, like I said the other day, I'll say it again, there's plenty more to improve on, and um, there always will be. And how special would it be tomorrow if you can get to that, that double hundred? Yeah, it'll be it'll be nice. Yeah, and my dad's my dad's highest score is 210 actually. So I'm not so bothered about the 200. It's the 210 I want to get past. So, I love that from you. So tomorrow for you, it's all about getting to 211. Then you'll be a happy boy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And really though, the platform you guys have set up today, though, I mean, it just it sets it up what pretty much perfectly for you guys to really go out there tomorrow and set that big first innings total. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, we've still got seven wickets in the in the tank, so. <clears throat> We're just going to go out there, try and try and keep on playing the way we have done, and and keep up the momentum. Obviously, when you when you're on top and you've got the momentum and and you declare, then things you never know what's going to happen. Obviously, we've got we've got three of the best bowlers in the world at and bowling on a green one as well. So I'm I'm sure they're going to they're going to enjoy bowling out there. 
I think so indeed. Um, talking to some of the experts up in the commentary box throughout the day, something they always talk about you is just how still you are at the crease. In particular, you know, your head doesn't move. You always look so still, so perfect. Um, just talk to me a little bit about that and sort of your, your technique out there in the middle. Yeah, that's one thing I have worked on really hard in the last three years, four years, and that's something I carry on doing. Every, every net session, I'm always trying to keep my head as still as possible. If your head's moving or your eyes are... Uh, aren't level then it's a lot harder to pick the ball up so uh, first first thing a good batter does is pick up length early and, and uh, keeping your head still is one of the main aspects of that. I'm only one year older than you I think if I was in your position I don't know how I'd be as calm as you Harry. <laughs> you enjoying it though? You'd be able to go back to the hotel and enjoy it? Big smile on your face? Check social media? Yeah absolutely and that's just why we play cricket isn't it? To be able to score runs on the big stage and uh, soak up the, the, uh, the good moments. 211. That's a magic number. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. I've got to face the first ball first. That's what I'm about. You one ball at a time. Harry, well played. That was special to watch, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. Thank you very much, mate. Cheers. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including... England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Well, I don't know who his father scored 210 for, but I do know that it wasn't England. And he says he's working, he says he's been working uh, at his game for 10 years. This going back to when he was 14. I mean, uh, he's, he is endearing, aren't we? He is. It's, it's frightening how good he can be. He said that um, it's not going to last forever. And if it does... Wow, what numbers he could get if it does last forever. Um, Martin Spirit, who I played played with for a number of years at Durham, was his was his cricket master at Sedbury School for a for all of for nearly all of them them sort of ten years them them sort of educational years. Um, and he's done a wonderful job with, with Harry, getting him in a position, keeping as still as possible. Because his technique was one of the worst there is in in in, in first class cricket. He hit everything sort of. Th- if you had three slip, uh, three gullies, in a backward point, that he wouldn't score a run. Um, so it, amazing to see him teach a, a boy his ability to hit the ball down the ground like Harry does. 
And the thing I love about him, he's just a, uh, he's a really, really nice, genuine, humble, he's just a lovely lad. He really is, and it just seems as though if he has a good deer, he sounds like he, what he has done with Sam. I think if he has a bad deer, he sounds like the way he would do, like he's just done with Sam. I think, like, because of that, he's got a great chance to forge and whatever he wants in the game if he stays as level-headed as he has done, and I don't see it changing. The humility, Frankie, um, the, and the um, simple enjoyment. I mean, the very very first thing he said was it was fun. Um, there's, a, there's a bit of, I mean, it's a strange thing to say from a, a lad from Yorkshire, but there's a bit of kind of Kiwi personality in him, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, I love it. As someone who has, has never had the joy of being able to play test match cricket, when, when I think of what it would be like, I'm always like, that would be fun. And it would be so good to have a crack at that. So to then hear a, a young lad coming into it and, and I'm sure it is fun at the moment. He's, he's scoring runs every time he goes out in the middle. That's That genuinely is pretty good fun. But he just seems like the kind of fella that he will. He's just going to have a, a really enjoyable time doing it, team culture the way it is at the moment with the English side. It, it's what everyone seems to mention. We're just having a great time. We're enjoying what we do. And, and I think that's really refreshing to hear. And, and I think it's going to bring him a lot of success. He's... He's got a nice, simple setup in the way that he addresses the ball, talking about keeping his head nice and still, nice and level. That's a really simple way to, to go about things that generally are going to be successful if you can do that. The way he talks about how he wants to go out and play, that comes across nice and simple. It, there just doesn't seem like there's too much that could go wrong with him. So to me, I, I just think he is he's so exciting. I've, I've said it a couple of times. He was the player this series that I was most looking forward to seeing play live and in the flesh, and he hasn't disappointed at all. I, I have loved watching every second of it, and you know, if he says he's still working on things and improving, it's it's scary to think where the ceiling could be for him. So, yeah, he's, he's a find for England for sure. He's one they need to look after and, and keep going as well as he can for as long as he can because he uh, he's a serious talent. Just very quickly, how do you feel as a New Zealander about the in influence that New Zealand and New Zealand's players and coaches <laughs> have had on the revival of English Test cricket in particular? Uh, Anton Devcic come into the side and apparently he's had a massive uh, impact and, and is instantly welcomed and respected by the England players. Yeah, Jeetan Patel, he's, he's in there working with the spinners, a Kiwi coach, of course, and Brendan McCullum. You know, ben Stokes, he's actually he played a few games for Canterbury, came over and, and came back to his, his hometown to play a bit of cricket. So, yeah, I mean, there is definitely a Kiwi influence. We'll claim it. It means, it means we're going all right. We can say even though England are 315 for three, actually, it's the Kiwi influence that got them there. We'll, we'll definitely claim that. But, no, it's exciting to see. I mean, I've been lucky enough to spend a little bit of time with, with Brendan and with Jeets. They've both come from the Sparks spark sport commentary box and, and they're two of the best guys going around the way they they talk about cricket the the love they've still got for it the animation you get out of them just just talking about the game and, and talking about things that that happen during it that i think it's i think it's brilliant there's there's it doesn't come as a surprise i'll put it that way to see them go into a group and and to be able to inspire and and encourage a, a new group of players and have them just be all about enjoying their cricket and, and the results come from that so love to see it I, I think Baz is the kind of guy to be honest that'll be pretty successful in anything he, he turns his hand to he's just that kind of person so yeah we love to see it we love to claim the Kiwi influence and yeah if you win the Ashes we'll claim that too <laughs> or a share of it <laughs> I think if you offered, we'll, we'll, we'll let you claim half of it as well. Do you know what else? If we can get that little earn back. And but the, the biggest thing for me on, on what's been said 
um, not just by Frankie, by a lot of people. It's how good a blokes these guys are. You know, the, there's no dictatorship. There's no uh, frowned. You know, too much pressure put on people being frowned upon of you know, going out and having a beer, going playing golf. You know, really enjoying yourselves. Basically, you know, boys will be boys to an extent, to a level. And I think when you give sportsmen freedom like that, nine times out of ten, they perform for you. They do perform for you. Because when, they're, when they are given a chance to, to, to be responsible adults or to have freedom to be responsible adults, they might push the boundaries every now and again. But because you're doing that and you're giving them the freedom from a coaching point of view or a structure point of view, then more often than not, if the player's talented, he will play at his maximum level. Well, England resume with a partnership underway for the fourth record of 294 between Harry Brook, who will start to day two on 184, not out, and Joe Root, who has scored his 29th test century alongside uh, Don Bradman on that magic number. He's uh, on 101, and England will resume on 315 for three. We start half an hour early, so whatever time you started listening on day one, uh, you can get up half an hour earlier, put the kettle on, make a cup of tea, and join us again for the start of day two. England have dominated day one. It started well for New Zealand, but it uh, has finished very, very strongly for England. They will resume on day two on 315 for three from all of us on the TalkSport 2 commentary team and the production team. Thanks for your company, and we look forward to talking to you again on day two. Kiora from New Zealand, where England's cricket carousel has moved to the capital, Wellington. New Zealand have won the toss, and they're going to have a bowl. So here we go. First delivery to be bowled by Tim Southey. On strike is Zach Crawley, and he comes forward, and there's an appeal for leg before wicket, or that appeared to hit the splice of the bat to me. He's gone, he's taken it behind. Crawley pushed at Henry's delivery, got a thin edge. Tom Blundell takes the catch. Itching, take it at third slip, good catch to Michael Bracewell. Very well, two hands, New Zealand have two. Pope gone for ten. Itching, oh, what a catch, Bracewell at third slip, that's even better. Scarcely believable stuff, full leg, one hand. Bucket hands has got another one. It's 21 for three. Bucket goes for nine. New Zealand have England where they want them. Ball pitched up and uh, driven handsomely past uh, cover point. Uh, oh, that's a beautiful shot from uh, Harry Brook. Straight drive. Steps away, does Brook and just clears Tim Southey at mid on. Up and over, a couple of bounces. And a broad smile and a laugh. Here we go again. This is Basball. Wagner digs this in. This is Paul's. And the chase is on. It'll reach the boundary. Wow, that was an absolutely exquisite shot from Harry Brook. 50 up for Brook. It's becoming a more than common sight in Test cricket. If the first half an hour belongs to New Zealand, the remainder of the session to England. The ball's fuller and it's lofted down the ground over the side screen for six. It's been coming. Brook goes oh, big. How? This one over long on. I've lost sight of it. Tell me where's it gone, Army? Well, by the reaction of the crowd, it's gone into the stands. Six runs. Board driven. Aerial. Beautiful shot from Harry Brook. Root off the back foot punches into the covers and takes a single. And uh, that's his 50. Congratulations uh, to uh, Joe Root. Chopped away behind square on the offside to the boundary by Harry Brook, who reaches his 100 from an extraordinary 
107 deliveries. Harry Brook, remember the name. Didn't even need to go back. He's seeing it like, seeing it like a beach ball through binoculars. It's 200 for England. If I was New Zealand, I'd be starting to get very, very concerned. Harry Brook moves past 150. His fourth Test hundred in his ninth innings has turned into a daddy hundred. It's 153 from just 145 balls. Driven gloriously straight past a diving, sprawling Mitchell needs followed through, trying to get a hand to it. But he's just hitting everything so cleanly. Everything's coming out the middle of the bat. Yeah, these are beautiful shots from Root. This absolutely beautiful drives. Brooke has launched it down the ground. Wide Yorker, not this time. It's six number four for Harry Brook. Now he just murders one through extra cover off the front foot. It went past Michael Bracewell's right shoulder. I'm sure his life flashed before his eyes. Because it just raced past. Been a masterclass in boundary hitting. Could this be the ball as Wagner's in? Root gets across and clips the ball through the leg side and comes through for yet another century. The former skipper alongside his Yorkshire teammates. And well timed because the ground staff are on now with, with the sheets, the rain that we mentioned is coming down. You've been listening to the following on podcast from Talksport. If you missed any of the show or wish to catch up, you can download the podcast. Now available via the free TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget, for more cricket content, you can listen to The Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 every Tuesday evening as Neil Manthorpe and Double Ashes winner Steve Harmison debate the biggest stories with a host of big names. And if you want to send us a question to a member of the TalkSport team, you can tweet us at cricket underscore TS and we'll answer your question on the next podcast. But for now, you've been listening to Following On. The Following On podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 